KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Wednesday, March 15th. Judge rules that Uber and Lyft drivers don't qualify for benefits. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. County officials are moving forward with plans to tax cannabis businesses in unincorporated areas. Voters approved Measure A, the cannabis business tax, last year. And yesterday, county supervisors voted to adopt an initial framework. It calls for taxing retail dispensary sales and distribution at 2%, while growing operations could be charged up to $7 per square foot. A final vote will be taken next month, and if passed, the taxes go into effect in July. The City of San Diego's ambulance provider is facing more fines for not meeting response times. Falk has been fined in the past, and the Fire Rescue Department is hitting them with another $1.2 million in penalties. That's for not meeting some response times during the last three months of last year. The update is being presented to the City Council's Public Safety Committee today. At the meeting, fire officials will also share more details on their plan to take more control of the city's emergency medical services. It's expected to continue raining off and on throughout the county today. Heavy storms always present a flooding risk for San Diego's low-lying areas like Mission Valley. First responders are reminding residents never to drive through standing water or around road closure signs. The city does have sandbags available at a number of recreation centers, but the actual sand is not included. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Rideshare companies are celebrating a court ruling that upholds Prop 22. That's a 2020 measure that lets their drivers be classified as independent contractors. But union leaders say it's not good for workers. Here's reporter Kitty Alvarado. Rideshare and delivery companies like Uber and Lyft poured millions into the Prop 22 campaign. They threatened to leave the state if it didn't pass, saying it would be impossible to do business in California. Uber's chief legal officer said the ruling is a victory and they're pleased the court respected the will of the people. Prop 22 was the response to Assembly Bill 5, which required companies to classify rideshare drivers as employees with benefits. We were devastated on behalf of workers throughout California. Former Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez-Fletcher wrote AB5, but now she's the leader of the California Labor Federation. She's disappointed with the ruling. The appeals court decided to stand with powerful corporations like Uber and Lyft over the needs of everyday workers. The Service Employees International Union is expected to appeal the ruling to the state Supreme Court. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News.
The county's DA's office is going to develop an app that lets social workers more quickly connect unhoused people to shelters. The County Board of Supervisors yesterday approved spending $10 million to make it a reality. The DA's office says currently there's nothing in place to let social workers know in real time where shelter beds are available. The app is trying to change that. It's akin to hotel booking apps, letting workers know where available beds are and what services are available. Homeless advocate Michael McConnell says it's a good idea, but doubts that it would do anything to solve the homeless crisis. Unfortunately, this is almost the cart before the horse. We don't have those resources to actually fill up with the live bodies. I'm not sure how technology is going to magically make that appear. The app is expected to be ready in six months. The collapse of Silicon Valley Bank continues to impact the industry with a new lack of trust from depositors everywhere. Reporter M.G. Perez talked with San Diegans about what they thought about the bank's failure. Every weekday there is a lunchtime rush of customers at ATMs across the business area near UTC in La Jolla. Most people we talked with are very aware of the Silicon Valley Bank failure, and they're concerned even if they are not customers at that bank. It tells you they're over-leveraged and there's no oversight. So uh, the people ultimately pay and the politicians do their thing. You know, it's a possibility that I'm not able to get it out. I mean, it's only $36, but I mean, just the, the thought that I may not be able to get it out based on what the bank is doing with my money. Unlike the 2008 financial collapse, this government bailout is for depositors to get back their money and not the banks themselves. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Today, California officials are considering how to best manage the underwater parks strung out along the state's coast. Environment reporter Eric Anderson says a gathering in Monterey will help shape the future of marine protected areas. Officials were looking for ways to revitalize California's underwater habitats and fisheries at the end of last century. Their solution was the 1999 Marine Life Protection Act, which completely or partially protected about 16 percent of the state's ocean habitats. California Fish and Game Commissioner Samantha Murray says it's an effort that's largely succeeded. We've got proof of concept. We can show that we can be the fourth biggest economy in the world in California, have protective, strong regulations in our ocean, and uh, be successful in doing both. There are 11 marine protected areas along the San Diego coast scattered between Carlsbad and the international border. A review over the last decade calls the effort successful and will look towards managing the reserves moving forward. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Coming up, school won't be in session much longer for a North County school that's sitting atop of dangerous ground. How parents are reacting to the closure announcement. We'll have that story next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. 
Oceanside Unified is closing an elementary school that the district says is literally on dangerous ground. The decision to close Reynolds Elementary came at a special school board meeting Monday night. Parents pleaded to keep the school open, but the board decided otherwise. This was the reaction from parents right after the vote to close the school. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne was at the meeting where tempers flared. She joins me now. Thanks for having me, Debbie. Tanya, let's start with why the board wanted to close Reynolds. Sure. So the decision to close Reynolds came after engineers discovered soil liquefaction happening underneath the school. So this one was a new one for me. Soil liquefaction is something that happens if an earthquake is to occur. So the jolt of the quake, per se, makes the soil act like liquid and get weaker, which could then cause any buildings to sink. So engineers discovered this happening underneath Reynolds while conducting some tests required for the modernization project that it was undergoing. And, you know, parents heard of the news before the full report was released and were very upset. In protests, many parents kept their kids home from school last week and rallied in front of the district offices. That same evening on Friday, the district released the full 176-page report. And now this isn't an easy-to-read report, right? Lots of terminology and geological terms. So some parents felt that about three days' time wasn't enough to make a decision on the closure. Here is a dad named John who was at the meeting last night and said he wanted more time to review the report. There are independent scientists within this community that would like to go through every single last bit of that report. You guys are rushing this decision. Another comment during the meeting was that the report was not available in Spanish. Not having this report in Spanish impacts a lot of the community because this is a school that serves a lot of Spanish-speaking students and parents. And so I would think that they're a little confused as to what's going on right now and why the board is making this decision. Tanya, I heard this is not the first time Reynolds has been threatened with closure, is it? This isn't the first time, and that's part of the reason why parents are so upset and honestly growing suspicious of the school district. Parents feel that the district is ultimately wanting to sell this property. The school board had considered closing it in 2021 as a cost-cutting budget measure, but parents spoke up and protested. The board then decided to renovate Reynolds. But now that they've discovered the soil liquefaction, it's being closed. Board President Raquel Alvarez said for her, the decision came down to safety. I don't want to worry that a student would get hurt because of something, because they, they fall into a hole because it's the start of a sinkhole or and they trip on something or the building just shifts just enough until they trip and then they hit their heads or something. Tanya, looks like there were a lot of parents at the meeting. What did they have to say? A lot of parents and all of the parents attending the meeting spoke in favor of keeping it open. They love their school and their community. And some of the concerns voiced were the mental health impact disclosure is going to bring to the students after just gaining a little bit of normalcy, right? Following COVID and virtual learning. Other parents spoke about the programs offered at Reynolds, like their dual immersion program, where they learn in English and Spanish, and now they're bilingual thanks to that program. And many parents honestly just asking for time, one more school year to walk their kids through this, to research where they want their 
where they want to send their kids and for many to figure out transportation and after school programs. What kind of time frame are we looking at? How soon will the school be closed? The closure won't happen until this school year ends, so June. So the question now, what's next? What's next? Well, I don't think anybody really knows, but there is another special board meeting on March 23rd where the board is going to talk about the plans to relocate staff and students and what is next. Tanya, thanks for breaking it all down for us. I've been speaking with reporter Tanya Thorne. Thank you, Debbie. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Wednesday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.